Welcome to Walters Kluwer's Audit Talks podcast series, brought to you by CCH Incorporated, where we hear firsthand from audit insiders on the latest trends, news, and technologies designed to help you transform and elevate your audit and advisory practice. Hi, I'm Kathy Rowe. I'm the Director of Product Management at Walters Kluwer and your host for this episode of Audit Talks. My guest today is Jim Boomer. Jim is the CEO of Boomer Consulting, and some of what he'll be sharing with us today are the key market trends uh, within the audit profession and how we can develop a plan to overcome them, looking at things such as big data, analytics, and AI. So welcome, Jim. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy. I appreciate you having me here, and uh, thank you to everyone attending. Great. All right. So before we know um, how we can build a plan out, I think it's good to just step back and really understand what are the market trends that you believe firms must develop an action plan for over the next few years? Yeah, it's it's, it's a great question. I think I'll start um, because I imagine um, that some people weren't with us at the at the opening. Um, so I'll start with kind of what the what the major trends are. So we at Boomer Consulting work with the mid to large size firms in really five critical areas for success, and those are leadership, talent, technology, process, and growth. And so I'll start with what are some of the, you know a couple of the leading trends in each of those areas. Um, if you first look at leadership, I think growth mindset is huge. It's always been important. Um, but with the pandemic, it's highlighted how important it is for leadership to maintain a growth mindset. Um, and it, it's made the difference between those that have been successful and those that have, have had challenges during this time. Um, second would be a, a next up mentality around succession. I think oftentimes we just think about the top of an organization when we talk succession, but really firms are starting to apply that thinking throughout all levels and functional areas of the firm, which again, you know, being in a pandemic is highlighted when you need to have um, some element of people filling in for each other and, um, and, and being prepared to step into to various roles. Um, from the talent perspective, you know, an obvious one is distributed workforce, and this was already a trend that was that was taking hold in our profession, um, but was really fast tracked for many firms. Um, there was there was a real need from the talent pool and the incoming uh, new hires, really asking for that flexibility, and even existing uh, employees were wanting to have more flexibility. So. You know, going forward, what's this look like? Uh, firms are going to need to continue to focus on and improve their remote work policies and capabilities because, yes, we'll have some people that go back into the office, but it's not going to look like it did pre-pandemic. The second thing in talent would be collaborative intelligence. And, and by this, I mean that when we bring together technology um, with the human side of things, uh, we really start to, to see a winning, winning combination. And, um, so things like self-service and automation of the onboarding process, things that just really make the experience for our team and our new hires and, and even our, our recruits 
uh, more pleasant experience. Um, and, and technology is going to play a huge role in that. That leads me to shift to the technology trends. Um, I think there's a lot of technology trends. We see how much change is happening. But a couple that I'll mention is intelligent automation. Uh, you know, firms aren't waiting for the robots to come. They're building them. They're focusing on the low-hanging fruit, if you will, the repetitive, tedious tasks that, that require a lot of time. And what we're seeing is that for a lot of firms, identifying the business use case is the harder part than getting the technology to, to make it happen. Um, the second trend I'll highlight is data strategy and a culture of data. And, you know, firms for forever have had access to a lot, a lot of data. And they're now recognizing, uh, they're recognizing that technology is there to about allow them to more easily uh, or and more readily turn that data into valuable information and pull insights from that for their clients. From a process perspective, um, firms are getting much more strategic about their process improvement, making it a priority and also approaching it from a, a strategic perspective, making sure that they have uh, you know, someone in a champion role that is going to drive the change and, and hold people accountable. Um, and then the second thing I'd say is integration of process and technology. Now, you know, not necessarily looking at them in silos. They're so intertwined these days that you really need to look at them simultaneously to have the highest impact in, in your process improvement initiatives. And then finally, in the growth area, firms are really getting more serious about BD, adopting formal business development processes um, that implement sales phases and a common language throughout the firm to, to really fuel growth. Um, and then second, under growth would be digital marketing. I, I think firms are thinking creatively how to get in front of clients, and that's really been fast-tracked by by the pandemic, so do it whether it's webinars, white papers, social media, these have all been critical during this time that that face to face contact has been limited. So those are I started with the trends, but I'll, I'll, I'll go on to say, you know, the, the most successful firms when they develop a plan, which was kind of what your question was about, um, are looking at all five of these areas and how they intersect with each other. Um, when they develop their vision and strategy for the firm. And really this holistic view is going to ensure that you aren't planning in silos and that each area is complementing rather than conflicting uh, with the others. So I guess if I gave a, an example, you know, how technologies like artificial intelligence, machine learning, um, or automation through RPA are going to impact the processes for how work gets done or how the firm operates internally, um, or how growth strategies that involve new service lines are going to impact the talent strategies and your recruiting strategies. The bottom line is you need to look at it and plan for the whole picture of your firm's future um, to really be successful. Right. So the, the next area that I want to tap into is if we were to look at this holistically as well as each of these trends and look at how we can build out a roadmap of 
thinking about technology and process, what would that look like? And and maybe, uh, Jim, where we could start is maybe we could look at each one of these individually and then look at it holistically as you as you suggested. Um, so we could maybe even start at leadership. Like, how do you create a plan? To like, how do you how do you have that mindset shift towards growth? What are some things firms can do? Well, I, I think the first step is is to is to set aside the time and the focus to do visioning and strategic planning. It's critical in any organization. And and one of my favorite quotes, an Eisenhower quote, that, that plans are, are, are nothing, but planning is everything. And it's going through the process of thinking about your business strategically and doing it as a leadership team has a huge impact on being intentional in your decision making throughout the year, but it also prepares you when you're hit like thing, by things like a pandemic to be able to respond because you've talked through a lot of the, the challenges and issues already. So I, I think that is the first and foremost is to make sure everybody's on the same page for what is the, what do we want this thing to look like in three to five years? And once we've agreed upon that, then let's have an overall strategy for for the steps that we can take in the given year that will support that longer term vision. So in the leadership area, going through that process is going to help people get to more of a growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. It's also going to force people to think from a succession perspective. Um, and it's really going to have them make them analyze the business in terms of what are the dangers that we need to address, what are the opportunities that we can capitalize on, and what are the strengths that we should leverage to, uh, you know, address both dangers and opportunities. Mm -hmm. With respect to the next step in succession planning and, and the shifts that we saw this year, um, how would you look at developing talent as they need to move up to the next level as it pertains to the, the different shifts that we've seen within technology, needing to work remotely, client service, uh, what would be a good roadmap there to tackle um, talent development? Well, I, I think it needs to be a combination of your traditional training and, and giving them the information and knowledge. But just as important, you have to give them the experience. And that means inviting them into things that, you know, maybe historically you had to wait it out before you spent time in the client relationship. And those things need to be happening now and experiencing the service delivery much earlier on so that people understand it and they're ready to move into that next role when you are ready to move into your next role. You know, I hate to use the word move up, because I think accounting firms have always had this, especially I, I started in one of the big five, and it was sort of this up and up or out mentality. And I think what we're seeing with a lot of the shifts is it's not necessarily up or out. It's where where do you want your career to go? And it may be level in terms of a hierarchy level roles, but you're playing a different role, and you have to start drawing people in to understand what your role entails and finding the people that have a passion and an interest there. 
So it's never too soon to start bringing people in and 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 giving them exposure to what you do on a day-to-day basis. Right. Let's let's jump to technology. Uh, you talked a lot about uh, data needing to draw insights, um, as well as really examining your process and how you can be a well-oiled machine. Um, what are some examples of technology that you've seen firms be really successful with to make that happen, both at a firm level as well as the, for the audit department? Well, um, so I, I, I think automation is the one that has been the most talked about in 2020, whether that is, you know, point solutions that allow you to automate um, the process or it's using RPA or integrating uh, disparate systems to get some automation there. It's really the automation that, that, that firms are pointing to having success and small wins, but what they're most excited about is they can then scale that into a lot of other areas within their firm. So if you can take out a lot of the tedious manual data work and allow technology to do that, that frees up a lot of capacity. Um, the question becomes, what do you do with that capacity? And I think firms are recognizing that doing more of the same is not really going to take you to the next level. What you need to do with that capacity is to develop new capabilities and new services and take the value that you, the value you're delivering to your clients to the next level. So a lot of firms are looking at areas in the, or services in the area of, of advisory and consulting to really capitalize on that capacity that they'll gain from technology and process improvements. Yeah, from my vantage point when I've worked with firms, uh, I think sometimes the words AI and RPA can seem overwhelming. Uh, one of my principles is begin by beginning and, and have a plan, even a plan for a plan, uh, and, and plan for it. And a great way to get started is to just get comfortable working with, with the data that you already have, both to help with client service and with teams. And, one way that we've seen firms really be uh, great at that is, is using tools like Teammate Analytics to just do um, things that they haven't been able to do before quickly, uh, but then also to be able to leverage dashboard capabilities to help with team planning and, and client, uh, client advisory. Another example that really has gotten a lot of attention this year is to be able to use cloud-based request lists uh, to help with firm engagement, client readiness, firm engagement, uh, to make sure that you have all the documents that you need with transparency about when it's when you need it, uh, with the seamless way to get it into your engagement binder. So that's uh, what I've seen firms be really great at, um, helping stay ahead of the curve this year. You, you know, Kathy, I, I agree with that 100%. And I, I talk a lot about the Firms are are really recognizing that they need to also look at technologies that give that easy button. So, you know, you talk about transparency and make it easy to interact with you. You wanna you wanna take that make the hurdle to of doing business to you 
as low as possible or get rid of it completely. Um, and sometimes, especially in the short run, that make, may make you more or make you inefficient <laughs> rather than more efficient. Um, but you have to weigh that balance and, and recognize the importance of the client experience and the client expectations. Because, and now I won't say all, but probably most of us have a smartphone and we probably interact with our banks and our investments and go on down the list. You have any number of apps where you can do self-service and you can take care of things and it's easy and it's streamlined. And we have to think that way as we think about how we how we build out technology too. And it's exactly in line with what you're talking about there, Kathy, of, of the transparency and the easiness of, of interacting with us. Right. Any final thoughts in terms of what firms need to think about for building out a technology roadmap that we haven't touched on? Um, I, I'll just re I already touched upon it, but I, I think two things here. Technology and process can't be looked at in silos. They're so connected. You have to take them simultaneously. And second is for any major change effort, it's so critical to have a champion and not just any champion, but a champion that has the political capital in your organization to, you know, bring down barriers, give resources when needed, and ultimately make sure that the change sticks and that people follow through. Because um, it's going to take you an investment of, you know, even if it's not a ton of dollars, it's a ton of time and a ton of focus. And so you want to make sure you have the right person that is leading that and ensuring its success. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that helps with ownership and buy-in is when you do have these champions that can own it and drive the, to see the results and come up with metrics to measure against as well. Mm -hmm. um, from your perspective and outside looking in, uh, working with multiple firms in the space, how do you think firms can best leverage vendor relationships to accomplish the, this type of change they need to see? Well, again, a great question, I, I, and I, I think it's one where we leave a lot on the table. Um, so from my perspective, I think it comes down to really two things. I'm going to go back to mindset um, and relationships. So from the mindset, what, I really, what I'm really talking about is that when we approach a relationship with a vendor, as transactional, they, oh no, they want to sell me something. And I, I'm immediately trying to figure out either A, how I tell them no, or B, yes, I want it, but how do I negotiate price? You know, it's very transactional in place. We're, we're limiting the potential of that relationship. And that relationship is the second piece of it, which is we really need to approach it as a strategic partnership where yes, there is buying and selling that's, that's going to take place. But more importantly, let's build a relationship where there's a genuine commitment to each other's success. And the more you invest in that quality relationship with your vendor partners, the more opportunities and success that are on the table. And 
you know, it sounds simple, but it's something that we've been really emphasizing in our technology circles since 1999 when they started. These are our peer group meetings. Um, and I really believe it's accelerated the progress of many of those firms in terms of leveraging technology as a strategic asset rather than just viewing it as a cost. And um, so invest the time <laughs> and build the relationships and really come into the with the attitude of there's a whole lot more than just feature function and price that I can gain from my vendor. They work with a lot of organizations and they have a lot of insights and experience that they can help me with my business as well. Yeah, no, that's, that's some great insights, and I agree wholeheartedly with that. Um, you know, one of the most engaging parts of my job is to see how we can improve the lives of, of our customers and their everyday experience. Um, and that means how we can improve the experience using the solutions that they currently have, and how can we evolve our strategy to better serve um, the auditors. Um, you know, whether it's process-related, introducing new technologies, um, easier way to do things. Uh, so I definitely value having that connection, and I think it is really important to to stay engaged um, and view us as consultants, really. Mm-hmm. Great. A lot of great insights in terms of building out a plan for um, moving forward and facing the audit of the future. I would like to thank you, Jim, for being our guest on Audit Talks today. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. This Audit Talks podcast series is a 2021 production of CCH Incorporated. The content is for general information purposes only and should not be considered a substitute for professional accounting and audit advice. 